time and energy they bring to making a positive difference for all of us. And indeed, welcome to the Sages Among Us. I'm Keith Porter. My guest today is Madison Davis, a.k.a. Maddie, from here on out, Maddie, a local girl. And I checked with her. She's okay with me saying that, even <laughs> though she's not the, not a girl anymore, who brought her college education back home to Nevada County, where she is a community engagement manager at South Yuba River Citizens League, a.k.a. Circle, S-Y-R-C-L. And she's a regular DJ right here on KVMR, and she does all other kinds of stuff in the community. And so, Maddie, welcome to the hot seat on The Sages Among Us. Well, thank you so much, Keith. It's an honor to be here, and I'm really looking forward to speaking with you this evening and just, yeah, getting to be a, a new Sage's host and, and being a KVMR DJ as well. Oh, you spoiled my reveal at oh, the end of the no. show. Oh, no. Oh, well. Oh, I'm sorry. No secrets around here. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, before we get into a, a real review of your life here, your, why you're here, what you're doing, um, I, a little bit of background. You traveled a lot as a child. I mean, your family moved a lot. You did go to Nevada Union. You went on the choir trip with Rod Baggett's group to Europe. You went from here to Mills College. You uh, worked there for a while after you graduated. Then you came back to Nevada County in 2021 and came to Circle and uh, have started uh, being a DJ at KVMR more recently and a lot of other stuff that we'll talk about. So that's the real thumbnail sketch. Um, but uh, I want to start by going in a little bit to your background and finding out who you are. I think there's a lot of human interest in that. People want to know who is in our community doing all this good stuff, and I think that's the way we, we learn about folks. Um, you had a little bit of a nomadic childhood, I understand. You were born in San Clemente. You lived in Sacramento, moved to Grass Valley, you attended Uber River Charter, but then you went to Princeton, New Jersey with your family, and you came back for your uh, last three years of high school to Nevada Union. Um, I'm wondering if you found moving around like that difficult, or did it give you kind of a broad perspective on life, or maybe both? Yeah, thank you for asking and, and for sharing that background. I think definitely both. It was, I think, more challenging at the time. And as a child, you know, making new friends and uh, meeting new teachers and community members, that's always sort of a challenge to adjust. But looking back on the experience, I feel like it really helped me develop a broader worldview. And with Nevada County being, uh, at some points, it feels a bit isolating, I would say. I think that as a child, it felt like I sort of had a little bit more of a worldly experience because I got to go to the East Coast and, and meet lots of different people and communities um, during the kind of time throughout California as well. So I feel grateful. Okay. So it sounds like it wasn't really traumatic. Not too traumatic. No. Well, no. and I ask that because Shirley and I put our kids through a similar experience of moving from California to New Jersey and back during their middle school uh, years. So um, I'm wondering how you, would you contrast your West Coast and East Coast experiences? For example, you know, academically, was it kind of the same requirements and that sort of thing? That's so interesting that you also had a similar experience with moving yeah, back and forth. Well, I didn't. My kids did. <laughs> wow. Um, well, yes. It's. Um, I, I think that there were some programs in, in my high school in Princeton that had maybe a bit more rigor, but I think that overall Nevada Union really stands up to the similar test. Um, the only thing with that school was that they were really trying to prepare folks to go to Ivy Leagues. So yeah, right. there's maybe not quite as much of that um, competitive nature at um, Nevada Union, but I felt really grateful for that. Honestly, coming back to school here, it felt like um, things were more focused on sort of a holistic 
um, identity and development. And there were, you know, even more extracurriculars, I think. So I, I feel like it was a, a nice balance coming back to California. And yeah, definitely cultural differences on the East Coast. I remember feeling like um, all my classmates would always ask me if I was meeting uh, Hollywood stars all the time <laughs> while I lived in <laughs> California. Yeah. And, you know, just folks, um, I think folks have a different, there's that sort of saying like, oh, you know, people on the East Coast are, um, you know, harder on the outside and softer on the inside. Like they, they're a little bit um, less transparent about their true feelings maybe, but that people in California are nicer on the outside, you know, vice versa. Um, and I think that maybe there's like a, a glimmer of truth there, but not totally. Out here with the fruits and nuts. <laughs> yes, indeed, the fruits and nuts. <laughs> so, yeah, you had an older half-brother. I think he was quite a few years older than you, but were you the little sister, or did you have much of a relationship with your brother? Yeah, definitely. We, um, I think that we had sort of some of that typical brother-sister relationship where uh, he, you know, was a tease and would, um, you know, sort of uh, lead me. He taught me how to skateboard a little bit, and he would... Um, he also burned me CDs and like kind of helped cultivate my music taste in some ways. So I feel like we had some of that special bond, but didn't live together our whole childhood. So um, now as adults, I feel like our relationship is growing stronger and it's it's really great to have a sibling and, you know, have someone that I look up to so much. He's a photographer. So uh, it's, it's cool to see his artwork and kind of talk about our passions together. That's great to have that ongoing relationship. Well, now, OK, I'll, I'll pretend I'm our serious journal, journalist here. Were you the good child or the one? that got, got into trouble when you had a chance. Any, oh, any good stories of mischief? Goodness, I'm sad to disappoint you and say that, no, I was quite the goody two-shoes. <laughs> I, I think that if I did anything that was mischievous, it was probably maybe daydreaming in class and thinking about different short stories that I was going to be writing when I should have been focusing on math or chemistry. So. Okay, well, we'll, we'll give you a pass on that question. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so we're going to talk a lot about your ways you're involved in the community, but I'm wondering if that... Is that motivation that you obviously have to be in this community doing what you're doing? Did that come from your parents, or was that something that they that they represented to you? Yeah, I think that um, I definitely got that from my mom. My mom uh, was an early childhood educator throughout a lot of her professional career, and um, still is, and works in the local Nevada County School District, um, and. She really instilled in me that community value of, um, you know, giving back to the community that you live within and uh, always making sure that um, you're considering others throughout your life and, and truly showing me through her own dedication what it what it meant to be a, a good community member. Sounds like a gift. Yes. A gift to the child. Oh, definitely. Wonderful. So I know you were in choir at Nevada Union and you made the, um, the typical many people in choir in Nevada Union do the trip to Europe with Rod Baggett's class. You went to Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia and Finland. Uh, tell us a little bit about that experience and what you learned from that trip. Certainly. Yeah, that was one of those um, high school experiences that felt almost sur completely surreal. I had no idea that I would be able to experience something like that. And I felt super fortunate to be able to be funded by myself and my mom to go on that trip. Um, it was my first time kind of going overseas and seeing uh, cultures that felt so vastly different and languages that were so different from um, America and, and English speaking folks. And um, it was also the most like beautiful churches and um, concert arenas that I think I'll ever see or sing in. And I felt really a, a connectedness with the fellow students and also just kind of a pride of like, oh, wow, look at 
look at what we're able to do and what and I've been say. and what I what we've done and uh, yeah, so yes. what a wonderful experience. I, I think that's a, that that program Rod's ability to do that over the years has been an incredible uh, asset to our community uh, to give kids exposure to the rest of the world in a way they otherwise would never not never have. <laughs> yes. For being a public school, too, I, I'm so impressed that yeah. um, he's able to organize that and, and help that um, kind of exposure happen. It's awesome. So you spend a month of the summer of your junior year at Nevada Union at the California State Summer School for the Arts for Creative Writing. Yes. And you received an award. Yes. In whose name? Uh, Herb Albert. Wow. Yes. Must be amazing. Yes. It uh, It was definitely um, some, a moment that I look back on as um, something I'm kind of most proud of in my life up to this point. Oh, well, I was going to ask that question later, but <laughs> now we'll have it. We already have the I'm answer. I'm spoiling all the Well, you, you must have been talented to get into the program and even more so to get uh, that kind of a scholarship. How did that shape your life? Oh, well, thank you, Keith. I think that it's shaped my life significantly. It really um, changed my kind of prospects for college. I remember really um, kind of the moment when they awarded it, they told me that I was going to be interviewed for a newspaper about my experience in the um, month-long intensive with writing. And then when we actually got into the room, they told us that we had been awarded a $40,000 scholarship. And Whoa. it was just, again, one of those things where I if felt completely surreal. And I um, knew that my choice for college going forward could really um, could be expanded and um, not long after that was awarded, I learned about Mills College and went and visited and knew that this would make it possible for me to attend a private college in, you know, the Bay Area. So expensive to live there. But wow. I feel like it was such a gift that I was able to do that program. And uh, it also made me feel a lot more confidence in my writing abilities and, and um, supported in uh, continuing to pursue that creative venture. So. Great. Well, you did go off to Mills in 2014. You continued to write, but then you said you turned your focus to sociology uh, with a minor in English and I guess continued to write. But why the shift to sociology? Yeah, I think I I really wanted to just learn more about the ways that people and systems interact. And I had a lot of these ideas that I had no language for. So when I first took an introduction to sociology course, I was finally having those terms and, and words that uh, were fitting all these ideas that I just didn't understand. Like, you know, why do people operate the way they do? And why does money work the way it does? And, you know, how what's going on with all this social, all these social problems? Such simple questions. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I always kind of um, have been interested in philosophy and, and uh, psychology. And I think that sociology has that nice combination of the two. So it felt like a natural fit. I'm Keith Porter, and my guest today is Maddie Davis. Uh, she's local. She brought her college education and her, uh, and her experience and her expertise and talents back home to Nevada County, and she is here, Community Engagement Manager at Circle. She's a regular DJ right here on KVMR and among other activities, which we're going to get into. Uh, but you said your studies, you st your degrees in sociology, but you st your studies uh, centered around, you used the terms restorative justice in education and environmental racism. Now, I don't think those are words that a lot of people would say, oh, here's what that means exactly. What, is those, what do those mean? Definitely great question. Yeah, I realize that sometimes I throw those around and should probably give some more context. So thanks for <laughs> offering me that opportunity. Um, yeah. That's what I ended up focusing my studies on more in my senior year around my thesis, where we had sort of a, an entire almost year to do um, some more intense research, uh, including qualitative interviews in the community and really prepare um, a more than like 35-page paper and pre presentation with uh, the rest of our class. And in that, 
Um, I interviewed eight restorative justice facilitators in Oakland public schools because I was connected um, with them through one of my sociology professors. And she uh, had been teaching us all that semester about the um, school to prison pipeline. And after learning about that, I was just horrified and wanted to learn about um, more about ways that we could kind of combat the way that our, our social systems are failing children. And um, it felt like the right thing to do to talk to the people who are really trying to figure out how can we um, resolve these conflicts before they ever turn into um, things that are really damaging to the children's lives. And, and that came down to just providing safe spaces to them, for them often. Um, yeah, really interested to see how kind of restorative justice keeps expanding in education in the future. Well, I think w- w- you and I are going to have to have another program sometime when we talk about that in more detail, because I'm very interested in the details, and I bet we don't have time for that today, because we've got a lot of other things we want to talk about. But uh, it's fascinating, and um, I-, I look forward to learning more as we go. Well, thank you. Um, but after graduation, you did stay at Mills. Uh, you worked in the de- development department for a couple or three years. Um, so they must have thought very highly of you, obviously, to hire you on the staff as soon as you graduated. Uh, what was that experience like for you? you? You were looking for money there, right? That was the point of the development? Yes, yeah, fundraising there. Mm-hmm. I was a fundraiser all throughout my time at Mills as a student caller. So we sort of did phone calls to different alumni and um, s- supporters to ask them to give back to the college. And um, they ended up hiring me on to become sort of a, a letter appeal writer and manage some other fundraising campaigns and volunteers. And I just loved the sort of event planning aspect of it. And uh, it felt definitely like a challenge right after graduating to jump into such a, an important professional role. But um, I felt honored to do it and made a lot of great connections through that. So I, I feel like it was the right first step. Okay. Yeah. But then in 2021, you left that and came back to Nevada County where you got the job with Circle, where you are now. Uh, a different job, I guess. You've, you've done different things with Circle. But why the, why the move and how was the move for you? Did I mean, leaving the Bay Area, coming back to a rural part of the state, kind of back home. Tell us about that experience for you. Personally. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm just thinking back, I guess, um, before I... Before the pandemic started, um, you know, in late 2019, I had been a part of union organizing efforts at Mills, actually, as a staff person there. And we ended up starting a union um, with SEIU. And that experience really formed my sort of idea about work and what I would do next in my life. And um, just yet, you know, labor organizing. And and that inspired me, I think, to really think differently about uh, what it means to be a working person in a community. And um I had always heard about uh, this great reputation that Circle had as a community organization and was excited to see that they had an open position. Um, so, yes, in <laughs> I guess I'm going a bit backwards there. Um, in 2020, uh, pandemic happened and my mom and I decided to end up uh, coming back to Nevada County together. And um, that really made it possible to sort of restart life and and be back home. Well, we're all very happy that that happened, that you're back uh, in Nevada County. Um, so for people listening, uh, CIRCLE, we're using that acronym, we're throwing it around a lot, and I did say it earlier, but it's South Yuba River Citizens League. It's really about the environment and the river in particular, but also the, the local ecology in general, right? Yes, definitely. So tell us what you do there. What What is your job at CIRCLE, and, and what does a day look like for you? Yeah, I am the community engagement manager, so that uh, entails uh, planning events, organizing volunteers, and um, sort of engaging in some of the communications that we have going out to the community 
community as well about um, sort of public education. I've also worked significantly over the past uh, year and a half on the River Ambassador Program, which is where we educate visitors about um, public safety and um, how to be the best river steward that you can be. So that's been quite a joy to participate in. Uh, and I also right now am uh, getting ready for the Wild and Scenic Film Festival. And we have over, I think, uh, 300 some, or no, 530 shifts for <laughs> volunteers. So lots of folks. Right, is this an appeal for volunteers? Oh, maybe to, a sly one. If you want to volunteer, call, talk to a circle. <laughs> you want to give a phone number? <laughs> oh, sure. Yes. Uh, 530-265-5... Uh, oh, goodness. Uh, <laughs> call 5961. Look, <laughs> look, it, look it up. Call circle. <laughs> call Maddie at circle. Yes. She'll, she'll connect you. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so um, you... Uh, you are, you have a strong interest in local ecology and wildlife. You said that, and you're obviously working heavily in that. You're not, I would guess, as active in your interest of, about uh, restorative justice, for example. Uh, how does that feel to you? Are you okay with that? Do you see opportunities to, to pursue that other interest in different ways? Oh, wow. I, thank you so much for that question. I do feel like I could be doing more with that interest. Uh, I've really enjoyed this time where I can focus on... Um, being really active in an organization that cares about uh, proactive climate change solutions, especially in our local area and with our local ecology and what we can do to educate folks about how important their individual role is, but also, you know, Circle does a lot of policy advocacy work. So it's been a joy to see that and learn from all the talented and, and intelligent folks who work there. But um, yeah, I do think that I would really like to get involved with more community organizations. I know there are so many folks doing great work um, politically in the area and um, just engaging on a, an even more global level, too. I'd, I'd love to get involved. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, probably people out there waiting, waiting for, your, uh, for you to uh, knock on their door. Oh, well, good. Um, so most of us in the community are familiar with Circle in general, uh, but its purposes and programs, uh, how, how would you describe that in, in a little bit more detail? Yeah, certainly. So our um, mission is to um, preserve and protect the Yuba River through community engagement, um, and uh, that you know, just is a very tiny capsule of, of the work that happens there. There's uh, a whole science um, side of Circle. We have um, that uh, an education side of things where um, lots of fourth graders, thousands of fourth graders go down the Yuba River and learn all about salmon life cycle and, um, and of course, local ecology as well. And river ambassadors, as I mentioned, river monitoring that takes place. So all of this kind of we hope we'll create a, a multi-pronged approach to everything related to the Yuba River. Okay. And is there a even broader interest on local ecology beyond the river, or is it really river-focused? Really river-focused, definitely. Okay. I would say that um, we we also have uh, meadow restoration projects, which right. which are more on that local ecology, and um, always, you know, keeping an eye out for what's best for, for all other parts of the wider watershed. We definitely have partnerships with um, the Sierra Nevada Alliance and Sierra Streams, lots of other um, folks who are doing that great work on all other parts of the watershed. Well, with your level of enthusiasm, I'm sure you enjoy what you're doing, but there must be parts of what you do that aren't so much fun. Are, are there, and what are they, and what do you do to kind of make sure that the good parts prevail? 
Ooh, wow. Well, what a juicy question. Um, I think maybe there are times where I don't always love looking at my computer and I really enjoy more relating to people and having that sort of one-on-one conversation time with folks who are interested in helping the Yuba River and um, engaging with the wild and scenic films and, um, you know, having that opportunity to really be more a more active participant and not quite stuck at the desk. So whenever I am stuck at the desk, I do actually love to be listening to music or um, anytime I can manage it, uh, think about other ways that I could kind of incorporate some more creative uh, communications in the community. Great. Well, I'd like to come back to a couple of more personal questions for a second, if that's all right with you. Sure. Um, is there an accomplishment or a role in your life that you're especially pleased with or proud of? And it probably goes back to the way you answered the earlier question. Yeah, I think um, that that one definitely stands out, uh, receiving that scholarship at CISA, but also just graduating college and attending a women's college is something that I'm really proud of as well, or a historically women's college. Right. It's now been acquired and it's um, all cool. genders. So, you know, that's that's that. But I feel like it really provided me with a, an experience that um, enabled me to connect with folks who were really like-minded, was really social justice oriented. So I had the opportunity to kind of expand that activist and civic-minded muscle. And um, I'm proud of the ways that I engaged while I was in school. And um, just, yeah, it feels great to bring that sort of knowledge and experience back to Nevada County. As I know, a lot of folks do end up leaving the area after graduating from high school and um, it's it's been great to connect with those who are still here, though, too. So I would say that's one of my greatest accomplishments to the state. A lot, a lot of us drift back uh, at different times of our lives, so uh, I'm guilty of that. <laughs> uh, okay, but I have to ask you the converse question now, being a journalist here. Is there anything you'd care to share about your life that, in retrospect, you'd do differently if you could do it all over again? Wow. I don't know if I'm a believer in even thinking about doing things differently because it's, you can't go back, right? If it's, you're sort of right in the, right in the draft while you, while you do it, while you live it. So I think I'm of the mind that I did the best I could while I had the information I had. Serves me right for asking that question of an optimistic, (laughs) positive person. I'm Keith Porter. My guest today is Maddie Davis. She's a local person who brought her college education back home to Nevada County, and she is currently a community engagement manager at Circle. And she's a DJ right here at KVMR and does other stuff in the community, which we're going to keep talking about. So uh, what prompted your decision, Maddie, to go through the training and become a broadcaster here at KVMR? And, you know, what about that? Do you enjoy? Is there any, any hard part or downside to being a DJ for you? Oh, being a DJ is so fun. I think what prompted me to get involved was uh, seeing a post on social media about the training. And I'd always been interested in KVMR and the way that KVMR engages with community members and has that uh, really home feeling to me. KVMR sounds like home to me. It feels like home. And I was curious to see, you know, what would it be like to even be on the radio and share a playlist? I love sharing playlists with friends. So I think that sort of natural hobby for me uh, felt like it would be something fun to cultivate on a more um, professional level. So when do you typically, when are you typically on air and what's your, what kind of genre of music do you play? Yeah, I play more sort of indie folk, indie pop, um, but I love all genres. I really try to incorporate as much as I can. I know that's a bit of a cop out thing to say at the end of saying something more specific but uh, I really I've been enjoying learning about more artists from uh, international kind of regions that I've never explored before and um, and I like to have a variety of um, decades as well so not just keeping it to modern music. 
Well, as one of the hosts of the Classics Declassified show on Sunday afternoons, uh, you've expressed an interest maybe in joining us there and doing something, right? Oh, well, you're putting me on the spot, but I sure I sure uh-huh. am interested. I love uh, classical music. I don't, know, I don't know if you're going to have time with it in your busy life, but uh, <laughs> it would be fun to have you join that uh, that part of the thing, too, and, and a different genre. That would be fun. Yeah. So um, why is being engaged in the community important to you personally? You obviously are, as obviously, you know, from talking about restorative justice to uh, local, uh, you know, environmental issues. Um, what do you get back in return for your investment of time and energy in issues like those? Wow, that's a big question. I think there's that intrinsic feeling of accomplishment with being involved with any meaningful, you know, community project. And I think that the Yuba River is something that so many of us really cherish and feel is such a a signifier of what this area is and means. And I think that's been true since the, since before any colonizers were ever in this area. Absolutely. Yes. It's, it's such a sacred place. And um, I feel really honored to be protecting something that I really has have always felt is my kind of happy place, you happy know. Place. Yes. Well, part of my growing up years, high school mostly, I was in Downeyville on the North Yuba. And I've always felt like, you know, wait a minute, South Yuba River citizens, what about the North Yuba and the Middle <laughs> Fork? Definitely. Oh, It's the watershed, isn't it? Yes, the watershed. Yeah, we're, we've been trying to expand a lot of our uh, reach and definitely like to connect with as many other community organizations who focus on different parts of the river. But uh, we have... We have a, a reach a little beyond just the South Yuba now, for sure, and uh, it's been it's been cool to see that happening. With the cleanup this year, we've we've been getting pretty much every surrounding county to also participate in that, and it's we cleaned up over twelve thousand pounds of trash this year from the watershed, and it just feels like it f- is a bigger accomplishment every year. Well, congratulations to you and Circle in general, and thank you to to you and the organization for the care and, and nurturing that you give this part, this important part of our community. Oh, thank the you. The physical part of our community. So um, when you're not working on issues like <laughs> Circle, uh, working at Circle and so forth, what do you do uh, for enjoyment and leisure time? What's yeah. important to you? Oh, well, I mean, being a DJ at KVMR has definitely been something I I do for fun. I really have loved making the playlists and learning more about the digital library and the CDs that we have here and just taking a look and and learning from other DJs and listening to other folks' shows. Uh, I've always been a little bit of a an audiophile and a music head, and it's just been really fun to get involved with that. Uh, but beyond being at KVMR, I like to write poetry and short stories. I've been working on a screenplay. Oh, uh, yes, <laughs> feels a bit silly, but it's been enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. Well, sounds and, like fun. Yeah, definitely fun. It's just you know good to find time for those kinds of things whenever I can. Speaking of screenplays, we found and watched The Christmas Card again this oh. year, which was the Hallmark movie that was filmed right in Nevada City and in the home of my friend John and John and Wendy Reed, or the Ed Asner home, oh. was is just down the road from where we live. Wow. And so it's like, oh, boy, what fun to watch all that again. So fun. <laughs> the campy movie, but it, it's, it's okay. It's cute, yeah. It is very cute. Yeah. Okay, for our last minute or two, let's talk about our community more broadly. I mean, there are some wonderful assets here in terms of people who are accomplished professionals, activists, artists. They choose to live here when they might be active somewhere else, uh, maybe making more money or having a bigger sphere of influence. What do you think it is about this community that draws people like that? And I include you in that grouping. 
to be here um, in, in this community and working together on, on our common purposes. Wow. I think that there's so much about Nevada County that makes it a unique rural um, small town area. It's um, I think that we're, we're warm, welcoming, inviting to, to folks who may not have lived here before. And we really care about showing folks what's important here. Um, that feels like a bit of a broad statement, but I was really excited to come back personally because I love the art, the music, the people who I know who live here, and it just it just feels like home. I think uh, so many of the things you, you mentioned education earlier, but also the arts are we 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 punch way above our weight as a community in terms of what we do, and I think the world is finding out more about that, and uh, there's more and more evidence of tourism, people coming to experience all of that. Um, and it's, uh, it's wonderful to be a part of it. And so I guess we share an admiration for our community in that way. Wonderful. Last question. If a genie in a bottle granted you one wish to improve this community, what would that wish be? Oh, wow. This community? Maybe I'd just wish that everyone could have a home. Everyone could have a home. Okay. Well, that's a very quick answer. I was expecting we'd talk a little bit longer about that. What else? Yeah, let me, <laughs> oh, goodness. The world, can I get wishes. world peace, too? World, <laughs> world peace. Homes for everybody. Oh. Okay. This is, a, this is a generous genie. What else? <laughs> oh, goodness. Wow. Um, uh, free-flowing Uber River with no dams. Okay. My goodness. We've got a collection there that we'll, we'll never stop. Well, Maddie Davis, Mad Madison Davis, a.k.a. Maddie Davis, thank you so much for being my guest this evening. Uh, you've uh, brought your talents and skills back to uh, our community at a young age and are working very hard for Circle and for KVMR and a lot of other things in the community. And the big reveal, you are going to be a guest host. Uh, you're not going to be a guest. You have been a guest. You're going to be a host of this show uh, very soon. So sometime January, February, uh, you're going to have your first show. I'm going to help you put it together. I'll engineer it for you. We're going to have a great time. So it's, welcome. Welcome to the host team of his sages among us. And uh, thank you very much for listening and everything you do to make your community great. And uh, we'll see you again next Wednesday on the Sages Among Us.